0: head to patreon.com slash Healthy Mama Chris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode.
1: I'm really passionate about helping parents raise kids who are independent and have good habits to take with them after they
0: leave home. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living, but it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Kristen here, holistic health coach, and your host of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. And it is back to school time whatever that might look like for you and your family. So I am so excited to have another incredible guest on with me today talking all about back to school, specifically when it comes to back to school meals for our kids. I had quite a few requests after I talked a bit about how we planned for school lunches last year to hear more about how to pack School lunches for kids that are nourishing and simpler because I know that school lunches can be the bane of a lot of moms' existence and also things like breakfast and dinners as well. But I know school lunches just add a whole other layer of stress to many moms, and it really truly doesn't have to feel like that. So I'm so excited to bring on the super healthy kids expert. Natalie Monson is a Mama Four registered dietitian and owner of Super Healthy Kids and Pre. We had such a great conversation around how Natalie got into nutrition for kids, why she's so passionate about teaching kids and teaching parents about nutrition for kids, because kids are the next generation, and she really wants to raise independent kids, and she brings that to everything she shares about. So we talked about packing kids' lunches, but not just how we can pack kids' lunches, how we can empower our own kids to contribute to the lunch packing process. Her simple Simple system for creating super healthy kids' lunches and her system for getting breakfast on the table on busy mornings, which was so great. And as I shared in the episode, it's something that I'm going to be bringing into my own life as well. This awesome system that she has. There are so many practical tips and tools. In this episode, she shares about her meal planning app, Prepare, and how that can help parents simplify meal times and so much more. I know you're gonna get so much value out of our conversation. It was so much fun for me. I got so much good advice when it comes to feeding our kids. We even talked about the P word. Okay, I don't like using the P word, but we call it selective in this episode. I think you know what I mean. You know, kiddos who don't always want everything we put in front of them. Not that that's any of our kids, of course, right? (laughs) Just kidding. We are all real moms around here, and I think you are going to get some serious, real mom advice from this episode. So I'm so excited to introduce Natalie to you. Like I said, Natalie is a mom of four, a registered dietitian, and owner of Super Healthy Kids and Prepare. She dishes lots of healthy, kid-friendly recipes, good routines, parenting, and kitchen tips. Natalie is dedicated to help create a healthy and empowered future generation you can always find a variety of fruits and veggies in her kitchen and her kids get to be the test subjects of many recipe creations for super healthy kids Natalie loves gardening running races and organizing all the things so without further ado here is my conversation with Natalie hi Natalie welcome to the healthy balance mama podcast I am so excited to have you on Thanks. I'm super excited to be here. This is
1: going to be a great conversation.
0: Absolutely. You're just telling me that you have four kiddos and two who are quite a bit older than mine and a couple right around my kiddos age. So you're definitely the experienced mom in the room here. So I can't wait to hear your insights on kids' nutrition and all the things. But I love to start with a really simple little icebreaker just to get to know you. So I love asking my guests, what do you drink first thing in the morning when you wake up?
1: So I actually don't like pretty much any, I don't like any drink except for water. Oh my <laughs> I'm gosh. just boring that way. I just like straight, no ice, room temperature water. <laughs>
0: I love that. It's such an interesting question because I have people who have, you know, morning beverage routines. They're like, I have this water with these things in it. And then I have this coffee and then I have this drink. And then there's others who are like just water. That's it. So I love that. (laughs) I know. I wish I, I wish I liked
1: different beverages. I really do. I've tried to like lots of different things and there's, there's things I will drink, but my normal routine is just water
0: well, super healthy, right? (laughs) Water is so good for us. (laughs) So I would love for my listeners who don't already know who you are. I'm sure many of them are familiar with you and super healthy kids. But if you could just share with my listeners who you are and what you're passionate about bringing to the world. Yeah. So, um,
1: I have been running super healthy kids for about 11 years now and My background's in nutrition. I'm a registered dietitian, and um, I started out working in the medical field and then kind of transitioned to doing the blog, and we um, sold a product that was promoting healthy kids eating with different plates and eating wear, and the thing I'm most passionate and the reason I've loved doing this for so many years, um, I'm really passionate about about helping parents raise kids who are independent and have good habits to take with them after they leave home.
0: Oh, I love that so much. I am very much with you and wanting my kids to, to be independent in and, you know, live that, that healthy life just on their own. I know my husband and I are so different when it comes to our upbringing around mm-hmm. food. And I was raised with a little bit more of kind of the standard American diet. Um, definitely lots of fruits and veggies, but other than that, lots of, you know, processed foods and just, you know, 80s and 90s kids food was kind of totally. how I was raised <laughs> but I was you know taught I kind of learned how to cook when I was a little bit older Probably high school sort of age. So at least I left with some cooking skills where my husband was raised on these really incredible whole foods. Both of his parents are really good cooks and he was wow. He was introduced to a lot more of those type of foods growing up. He also has a, a food sensitivity, so that also contributed to him just he wasn't able to eat a lot of those other foods. Yeah. But he was never taught to cook. So he kind of came into adult life going, okay, I used to eat these foods, but I don't know how to prepare them. So I think there's totally that like happy medium with having those kids who are super independent and, you know, and know what to do around food. But um, so I love that. I love that that's your mission to raise those kids who are, who are independent, super healthy kids. I love that. (laughs) So how did you get into the world of nutrition initially? I know you mentioned that you started super healthy kids and you had this, product. So how did you kind of, how did that transition happen?
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, I was raised in a home where health and nutrition was always kind of on the table, right? So my parents were always interested in it and we talked about it. And then, um, I just kind of started being interested in it in high school and more into college. And so that's why my degree is in nutrition. and. I started realizing after the population I was working with, um, after I got my degree and my licensing is a population that, um, didn't really have very good health habits for the mo- majority of their life. And I realized that the biggest difference and the, the most impact I could have is really starting young with kids because, if we're going to change a society or a culture, it has to start years ahead. And so I really wanted to have an impact on kids. And so that's where I started focusing on my blog and the things that I was promoting and teaching and learning about is in the world of kids and parents. Because and, and you know, it, it's kids, but it's also mostly parents because parents make the majority of the food choices for their children until they get to an age where they can drive themselves, I
0: guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of how I started into it, just like my influence of the population I was working with in the medical field and realizing, okay, where do we start? How do we really impact health and nutrition? And I believe it's with kids.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm I'm again so with you on that. And I think, you know, going back to kind of the example of myself and my husband for me it was a really long and winding journey to really finding and for me it was a lot of finding balance. I kind of went to the extremes with trying to be healthy into the world of dieting and things like that cuz I didn't know that there was you could just eat more real whole foods and learn what nutrient dense meals are and and I actually went to school for nutrition as well. And we were taught those things, but I kind of took it to the other end of things where my husband just kind of naturally had this healthy relationship with food where once he started learning how to prepare meals for himself a little bit more, it was really easy for him to eat those foods because he was raised with them. And he ju- mm-hmm. it was just natural for him to eat fresh vegetables and go to the farmer's market where I didn't know what the farmer's market was until I was in what, college, maybe after. Yeah. So I really do think that parents have such a big influence. So I love that so much. So, being a mama myself, I could talk to you about so many things when it comes to this topic, and I'll stop. I'll stop babbling and let you start talking a little more. Um, but I had a few requests from people last year. I did a little um, series, kind of a mini series, opening up um, the second season of the podcast, kind of sharing about how we as a family prepared for back to school, and I talked a little bit about how I pack school lunches. But as I told you, I only have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. So, as an experienced mom, You have so many great articles on your blog. I wanted to have you come on and really share what it looks like to create healthy meals for our kids, specifically when we're talking about back to school, because it is back to school time when this airs. What does it look like to create a healthy lunch for our kids that's going to fuel them for the day and maybe that they're actually going to enjoy? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's interesting this year because I think a lot of
1: parents are not in a spot where we've normally been, right? It's not like we're going back to school and there's all these normal things. And I think there's a lot of unknowns. And so for me, um, when you have all these unknowns, I think it's good to go back to having a system because if you have a system, then it really doesn't matter what the circumstances are, whether you're having to do homeschool or distance learning at home, or your kids are actually going back to school. um, Having a system kind of will help you navigate any situation that your kids will be in. So um, part of the system that I've kind of created for my own family and also the articles I post and everything I surround healthy lunches is making sure there's four, four parts to a healthy lunch. Um, and that includes a protein, a grain, a fruit and a vegetable. And the reason this is helpful, like this system is because, um, whether you're actually making a lunch at home and you have the ability to cook that lunch or whether you're packing a lunch and it's in a lunchbox and you can send it, you know, with reusable products or if your school's requiring disposable, it doesn't matter if you include those four things, then you can kind of plan around that no matter your circumstances. And that's also an easy thing for kids to learn and know because I'm really big on having my kids be involved in the, in the process of packing their own lunch, just because the, the more, especially the older they get, the more choice choices they have and the more involvement they have, the more likely they are to eat it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that basic four parts to a lunch is easy for kids to remember. It's easy for adults to remember. And you just base everything
0: off that. Oh, I love that so much. That's so simple. And I'm all about simplifying things. Whenever I talk about nutrition, I talk about simplified nutrition because I think we tend to overcomplicate it Overcomplicate it so much. The world tells us yes. that nutrition is way more complicated than it needs to be, whether we're talking about kids or grownups. So I love that. And I love that you you involve your kids as well. So what do you think would be kind of what is the youngest age that you would involve your kids in kind of choosing their lunches or choosing the elements to their lunch and kind of helping you out with that? Yeah. So I,
1: um, I think it's great to start as early as possible. So, um, where I live, kids don't start eating lunch at school till they're in first grade. Um, but with my younger kids, even the ones that are staying home, sometimes what I've done is I've helped them be involved in the process as early as like kindergarten or even preschool. Right now, my four-year-old's just in preschool and if he wants to pack a lunch with everybody else, I think that's great because then he already has lunch done (laughs) for the day, you know, even though he's still eating it at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so honestly, I think it's great to start as early as preschool The kids are, Kids are so smart and they can pick up on so many things. And the earlier you start, the more ingrained that is in them. And, you know, you'll tailor their involvement based on their age and abilities. So it might just be, you know, you've made their sandwich and they're just putting it in the lunchbox or they just help spread the peanut butter or whatever it is at that young age. But the earlier you start, the more capable they are at an earlier age like and and I just figure, you know, kids can kids can do more than we think, so start as early as possible.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that so much. I I'm fully with you and in involving our kids as young as possible. I was actually going through my phone yesterday and looking at looking up some pictures from the last couple of months and I have this picture of my 2-year-old sitting on the counter with me making some muffins and there were these like, you know, carrot coconut muffins and she's pouring the batter into <laughs> The muffin tin, and it's like overflowing everywhere, and I'm like it was just funny, so I had to take a photo because I'm like, you know what? she's sitting on the counter in the kitchen with me, making these really healthy muffins, and she's helping me, and she's learning yeah. even if it makes a mess so
1: and it I'm does totally with you, yeah, I mean it makes a way more of a mess, it's way slower, and um I just I know a lot of parents are like, uh having my kids help cook is such a pain. I don't know if it's worth it, but I'm a hundred percent sure it is worth it because all those messes and as slow as the process is, and all of the chaos it might cause, they are learning and they're not just learning how to cook. They're learning lots of different important things. And now like yesterday, my 11 and 10 year old, wanted to make like a Sunday brunch. So they just all on their own made these like delicious homemade buttermilk biscuits. Mm. And the only reason they're able to do that is because I've let them be in the kitchen and dealt with the messes and dealt with all of the things. And now they can do things and they cleaned it up. It was amazing. So sometimes slow is fast, if that makes sense.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so good. And that's so cool that they are at the age where they not only make you breakfast, but also clean up after themselves. So that is great. It really is starting setting that example and and getting them involved. Oh, so great. So I'm curious when it comes to I'm gonna stay on the lunch packing for just a couple minutes. I'm thinking of questions that moms might have. So as your kids get older, Eventually, yeah, of course, they're going to be able to make their own lunches and that would be ideal, right? You don't even have to make the lunches anymore. Your kids can make lunches themselves. But if you are packing the lunches, how does it change from your preschooler? So how much you would give a preschooler versus how much you would give a teenager, say? So how do you estimate, okay, what does a three-year-old actually need versus what does an 11-year-old or a 15-year-old need? Mm -hmm.
1: So my rule of thumb is is um with younger kids they need a lot less than you might think and I think sometimes as parents we're like oh well I want to make sure I pack them enough because what if they're hungry and so we like overpack all these things and we do like a lot of times as parents we do this with not just lunch but every meal but specifically with lunch they get to school and open their lunchbox and most kids don't have a lot of time to eat. And so I, I mean, I've seen this so many times. It's like, they just want to hurry and get through it so they can go play. And I mean, this is kind of a whole other topic of lunch timing. I think they should do recess first, then lunch, but anyway, so, um, kids can get overwhelmed super easily if there's too much food and then they'll maybe just pick one thing and only eat like that one thing and leave the rest. And I don't know if you've experienced that, but I've Mm -hmm. experienced that so many times. And so what I try to do is pack smaller portions of those four things. And so, you know, you're not packing maybe like this huge sandwich and then like a big handful of carrots and a big handful of grapes and whatever it might be, but just smaller portions. And then they're more likely to try the different things and have more balance in their lunch.
0: That is really great advice. I know that that's something that I have definitely struggled with in packing lunches. How much do I actually give to my kiddos? And I have definitely experienced those times where most of it comes home. And then you kind of have that little bit of, nervousness as a parent. I guess if it comes back a few, t- a few days in a row, it's like, are they actually eating anything? Are they eating enough? And it's so hard right. to tell because we try and encourage our kids to listen to your body. And I understand just like adults, sometimes kids are hungrier, sometimes kids are less hungry. And like you said, they just want to go and play with their friends. Why do they want to sit and eat this lunch unless they're Mm -hmm. really hungry, right? So I think that's really good advice. They probably don't need as much, but give them that variety so there's more opportunity for them to, to eat more of the other items. Yeah, that's so great. And they'll tell you, I
1: mean, if I'm packing less food and then they are eating it all and hungry your kids will tell you you know they're not they're not going to just starve every day without letting you know maybe they need to pack a little more and and kids have so many different like growth spurts and um where they're more active and so they're hungrier and so it's going to it's going to fluctuate especially from kid to kid and so you just kind of have to go with the flow but i really believe less is more <laughs> For the, for the most part until, you know, if you have a 14 year old teenage boy, that's probably not the case, Mm -hmm. but by then hopefully they're really able to kind of pack their own and they can know how much they're going to eat or how much they want to eat.
0: Yes. Yeah. And once you've given them that system, then they can just follow that and then they can choose from there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, So great. So I would love to dig in to the topic that I know a lot of moms are thinking about right now. So what about kids who are a little bit more, I don't like using the P word, but let's say selective (laughs) with their lunches or the lunch ingredients. So how do you add more variety while also managing the fact that some kids just aren't as open as other kids or maybe how to make them a little bit more open to different foods?
1: For sure. So um, my philosophy with this is you always give them one safe food so that they feel like they have something they can eat and it's not just like staring at this lunchbox full of food and they're like, I don't like any of this. I'm just shutting it and being done with it. Um, So that's the first thing. Make sure you include a safe food. And then um, the second thing is when you're trying to introduce foods, so let's just give the example of something you might pack, let's say carrots. And you have a child who's not really open to trying new foods. They, they're like, I don't like vegetables or whatever it is. So you pack carrots and they don't eat them. So my my philosophy isn't that you try you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to give them carrots 10 times and hopefully on the 10th time they'll eat them. It's more like, okay, if I want them to try carrots, what other ways can I serve carrots? It doesn't have to just be carrot sticks, right? Maybe you're shredding carrots and you're putting them in a muffin or maybe you're cutting them into fun shapes and they're like, oh, and you have some little food picks and because a carrot's in a fun shape and there's a food pick and they can play with it, maybe they're more likely to eat it that way. And so I think maybe just getting outside of the box and thinking, okay, what other ways can I serve these? Maybe it's cooked or steamed or roasted or in a muffin or um like blended in a yogurt or, you know, like just these different exposures in different ways. And so they're getting exposed to the flavors or the different textures. And it doesn't always have to be just one way because if they see carrot sticks every day over and over, I don't believe that is really what is going to help them try a new food. So that's one thing is serving foods in a variety of ways. And then um the other thing that really helps kids who are more selective is food play. Mm-hmm. And um it's it's something you have to do outside of lunch. So maybe that's a snack time or breakfast or dinner or any time you're at home is being creative with some of the different new foods. Like when you're introducing a food, introduce it in a way that's maybe a little more fun and let them kind of play with it. Whether they eat it or not, it doesn't matter. You're exposing them to this food. And a lot of times what ends up happening is kids who um, they're touching it, they're maybe smelling it. Eventually they'll probably want to taste it. Mm -hmm. Kids love to put things in their mouths. Um for some reason it's just so funny. It's like that natural instinct like from when they're toddlers it's like, "Oh, here's a rock. Let me taste it." You know? <laughs> and so if you're not pressuring them to eat it, but just encouraging play and creating this more healthy relationship with food like, "Oh, look at. It. Here's these green pepper stars and let's let's make this little art thing with these stars or whatever, you know? Um, so that's kind of my third tip is really let kids experience food in a different way through playing.
0: Yeah. What awesome tips. And it's funny, I'm trying to hold back laughter over here because I I remember last night, one of the things that we love to do as a family is do kind of DIY dinners and my kids have been loving tacos lately. So last night we did kind of like a DIY taco board. So we have the taco shells and we have a couple different proteins. My kids haven't really been into chicken lately. So we got some black beans, cheese and salsa and guacamole and all these things. We had some sour cream out. And my youngest daughter went and took a spoonful of sour cream, put it on her plate and then proceeded to pick it up and just like draw with it on the table. (laughs) And my (laughs) husband's eyes get so wide and I'm like, just, just let her do it. And he's like, (laughs) He's He's looking at me like, what? And I'm like, it's fine. And eventually she just, she pointed to it and she said, mama. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, you made, you made a beautiful drawing. Are you going to, are you going to try it? And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And she grabs a spoon and eats what was already on her plate. So we grabbed a paper towel, we cleaned it up because it was hard to eat with this, you know painting in front of her. But it was so funny. It was just her natural instinct where she was like, I can make something out of this. And we try to encourage that too. And I think just like letting kids get messy in the kitchen, it can definitely require some patience and some getting used to the fact that kids are still getting used to things like Mm -hmm. eating different foods in order to allow them to play. We don't, you know, we don't just play at the dinner table all of the time, but I do kind of let her sometimes when it seems like that's her instinct to play with it a little bit. It's like, well, she's getting exposed to it. And then she ate like three tablespoons of sour cream. She ate some other stuff too, but it's an interesting food that she was uh, that she was interested in. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's it's really a great way to let them just explore. Cause if you think about it like when we're Giving kids foods, they have no idea what it is, mm-hmm. you know, unless they've had it before. So if it's a new food, I think a lot of times kids are just not not all kids. There's ki- some kids who are just naturally more adventurous eaters and their, you know, just their personalities lend to trying new things. But there's a lot of kids who approach the world with just a little bit more caution. Mm -hmm. And so those kids are the ones who maybe need to take some time and experience in a different way before they're going to just go ahead and eat it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking of my seven-year-old being that kiddo who's just naturally adventurous and she is just excited about trying new things and she always has been. There's a couple things that she doesn't love. Sometimes she'll try them again just to try them and she'll go, mommy, I tried that again and I don't like it. Yeah. But they're most of the time she's willing to try new things just because she's curious where my almost three-year-old, not as curious, very cautious. So the sour cream thing, I mean, it wasn't a vegetable. It was just sour cream, but it was interesting to watch yeah. her approach it in that way and to try something new because for her, it has been um, a little bit of a struggle finding new foods for her. And we, you know, we'll, them on her plate but she is much less likely than my older one to try the new things she kind of sticks to her safe foods more often than not so I loved that advice as well and I'm thinking about that in her daycare lunches she goes to daycare um, right now it's once a week it'll be twice a week in the fall and I tend to just give her all safe foods but I want her to try new foods mm-hmm. and and I, it's easy for me to get stuck in a rut of just giving her the same three vegetables I know she's gonna eat because I want her to eat them. But I love that, you know, making sure you have the safe foods there, but also offering that opportunity in different places too to try out something new. I think sometimes that, um, I I don't want to call it like peer pressure, but that, you know, positive influence of the other kids around you too can also be positive and seeing other kids trying new things. And, oh, I have something new on my plate or in my lunchbox. Maybe I'll try something new as well.
1: Oh Yeah. It's that's a huge, huge influence on kids is what the kids around them are doing for
0: sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We got a picture from our daycare last week. They have a little garden there. It's a great little place. And there's a picture of my two-year-old eating a cucumber, just chomping on it like it's a popsicle or something. She's got this big (laughs) cucumber (laughs) slice and she's just enjoying it. I'm like, Okay. Well, I'm just going to appreciate that and maybe serve her cucumbers at home. We'll see if she eats them. If not, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So, I want to talk a little bit kind of from the practical side of things when it comes to planning and prepping for lunches. Because I know you're big on meal planning and I'm big on meal planning too. (laughs) I love talking about meal planning. Um, So, how do you kind of specifically plan and prep for lunches? So, what do you do ahead? What do you do the day of? And how do you make it easier?
1: Sure. So, um, I have for years kind of, um, since my kids have been in school created what I like to call a lunch packing station. So what that looks like is we have like our container supplies, you know, whatever lunch boxes they're using or, um, little containers that they're going to put stuff in. And then, um, I have like, a pantry spot that I, that has non-refrigerated foods. And, um, in the past I've even put like a little sign that says choose one or choose two or whatever it is so that they know, okay, these are the things I I get to choose from for my lunch. And then I kind of do the same thing in the fridge is have like a designated space where, um, I've kind of prepped things that they can just grab and put in their lunches. So like for example say like um grapes are something you want to put in their lunch or have them put in their lunch. If they're just still sitting in the bag on the stem without being rinsed, they're way less likely, you know, if you're packing lunches in the morning to include that because there's like four steps they have to do in order to get that into their lunch. So if you have them like pre-rinsed off the stem, in small single serving containers, then they can just grab that and put it in. So that's the kind of prep that I like to do beforehand is just have, um, especially like fruits and veggies, a little more processed, however you're going to create them. So whether that's cutting the carrot sticks or the celery or having your pea pods in a single serving size or whatever it is, having that ready to go in a designated spot so that your kids know this is where I go to when I'm packing my lunch.
0: That's such a great idea. And that doesn't sound like it takes a ton of time, but it's just something to make it easier for the kids. Yeah. That is so great. I know something that I tend to do when I do my little bit of prep at the beginning of the week is my kids love berries. And this time of the year, especially, there's lots of fresh berries and they're actually a good price at, the, at this time yeah. of the year. So I have these little produce containers and uh, our produce savers, they're called. Um, oh, I think yeah. the brand is OXO. And I find that they keep berries and greens fresh for a long time. Not that we keep berries for a long time in our house. but (laughs) So I'll just rinse them off at the beginning of the week and put them in there. And my seven-year-old, at least, she knows that that's where the berries are. So she'll go and I'll find them sitting on the couch or at their little table just eating the berries. And that'll be their snack. If they know it's there, then -hmm. they can go get it. They know it's washed. They don't have to ask me to wash it when i'm you know whatever i'm doing folding the laundry or editing a podcast or something yeah. if i'm hanging out with them and you know they they will just eat it and i'm like well i'm not even telling them oh for a snack you can choose you know this they just go and choose it automatically so i love that and i think for school lunches that's great too you give them those you give them those choices and they have the availability of them but they can also choose for themselves too
1: so good yeah, it works really well and like you said it doesn't take a lot of time um I mean, even an hour a week at most. Right. And that's, if you're prepping like all of the things mm-hmm. and once you kind of have your system down, it just gets faster and faster. And it, it really increases the likelihood of eating those healthy foods. And I think it's just a good habit to get into with your produce for every meal, you know, like if you mm-hmm. have them more easily available then. People are more likely to eat them, including yourself, right? <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, absolutely. I am all about food prepping and getting a little bit ready, just because it is. It's so much easier than having to even just destem and wash the kale. If it's already in my produce saver, it's like, okay, we're gonna have kale at dinner tonight, and that's yeah. what my kids actually really love. So we have it on hand quite often. So, that's yeah. Awesome. So I want to spend a few minutes on breakfast. So I know we've been talking about lunches, but breakfast, you know, most important meal of the day, right? It really does start our kids' day off well. So I know that getting kids fed and out the door can be a struggle for many moms. And whether they're out the door or they're doing distance learning, getting started with the day can be a struggle for a lot of moms, myself included. There are some mornings that feel like they go great. And there are some mornings where it feels like how, you know how did it end up eight 30 and we're rushing out the door yes. or, you know. so do you have any tips on making breakfast easier and maybe what you're sure to include in a super healthy kid's breakfast?
1: Sure. So, um, what I've done is because I'm all about the systems I've kind of assigned, um, every day of the week to a different food type. So, um, like for example, um, Mondays, like Mondays are smoothies and Tuesdays are eggs and Wednesdays are like pancake day or whatever it is so that we're having variety, but it just kind of takes out some of the brain work. And then, um, again, I try to do some prep beforehand. So for example, like if we've decided Wednesdays are pancake days, um, when I make pancakes, I'll make like a double batch at least. And then freeze the extra. And so then on school mornings, you can just pull them out, heat the pancakes up, and you're not trying to make like a whole pancake recipe that morning. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like same with smoothies, like having some of the ingredients already put together in a smoothie pack. And so that all you're doing is like putting it in your blender and adding a liquid, um, things like that. So first, just kind of having a schedule and it's fine. It's not like you can't repeat you know, you could have oatmeal on Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever it is, but just kind of having like a predetermined schedule. So it's not like you get up in the morning and you're like, kids, what do you want for breakfast? And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, okay, well, what what should I make? You know? And that's part of the battle is just even like figuring it out. And then second, having some of those things a little bit prepped just so that it shaves off some time.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. These last couple of weeks, I think we've been trying to get back into a breakfast routine. My husband travels often and he wasn't for a while due to everything that was going on in our world and how he's back yeah. to traveling. And so he oftentimes does has done breakfast with the kids. And so now that it's a little bit busier and it's just me with the kids in the morning getting off to wherever we have to go or just yeah. starting our day, I'm like, okay, we're in need of a system again. So <laughs> I love that assigning the different item to the different days. Cause typically what I do right now is I give them two choices. So I do a little bit of prep ahead of time. So like this week we, we have some frozen waffles from last week. So we were like, okay, we've got some frozen whole grain waffles and they can have that with fruit and you know, whatever else they want to have on the side. If they want something else, usually they do like peanut butter or almond butter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or we have little yogurt cups with some berries. Cause again, they're super into berries. And I give them a choice. Um, But, you know, halfway through the week, we end up running out of the things that I've prepped. And then it's like, what do you want for breakfast? And we get back into that. So it'd be a lot, it'd be a lot more helpful to have a plan for the rest of the week when we run out of that or the kids get bored with that. So I really like that. I think that's that's a system I think I'm going to bring into our family.
1: And it's great, too, because there's so many different, like, say, like, you decide Tuesday's egg day. You can do scrambled eggs or fried eggs or eggs in a hole or poached eggs or, you know, like there's so many different eggs recipes or like an omelet and add some veggies in. And so you're providing your kids with variety while still kind of having like a system that makes it a little bit more organized for you. So yeah, it's worked really well for us for sure.
0: Yeah, I like that, that you can still add in a lot of that variety, because I I know that my kids are definitely kids that like a little bit of that variety, where I drink a smoothie pretty much every morning because it's just so easy, and Mm. I mean, sometimes I crave something different, and I'll make eggs or something like that, but more often than not, it's easy. I don't have to worry about my own breakfast. I just make a smoothie, and we're out the door or whatever we're doing that day, but the kids are like, hmm... I don't know what I want for breakfast this morning. And I'm like, okay, we need, we need something that's a little bit a little bit more structured so that mama is a little less stressed. Because when mom yes. is less stressed, the whole family is less stressed. Yes, yes. <laughs> so speaking of being less stressed, um, I know that any of my listeners who have been you know following along either here on the podcast or on social media or wherever for some time with me know that I love talking about meal planning. So I'm a former chef. So I love food and I love talking about meal planning for me. I could be the person that, you know, just went to the grocery store at 2 p.m. every day and wandered around and thought, what could I make for dinner? But that's not real life. (laughs) I run a business. (laughs) I've got two kids. I've got a husband. I need to have a plan or else. I mean, if that happens, then I don't know where my kids are because I'm certainly not bringing my kids along when I'm trying to figure out what's for dinner, you know, in the afternoon. So meal planning is really big for me. And you have this really cool app out called Prepare, if I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to share more about it and share how it can help parents simplify meal planning. Yeah, so um I started a meal planning
1: subscription through Super Healthy Kids a lot of years ago. And through running that, I realized people um don't want to eat just one type of recipe, right? So like even though people like super healthy kids recipes and they liked the subscription, it's like, well, I want to also eat maybe these recipes from this food blogger and these recipes from my family cookbook and all of these different recipes, just cause that's how we eat. We like variety. And so we created, um, a meal planning app and about four years ago. And so basically, um, what people can do is they can store all their favorite recipes, whether it's their own personal recipes or um, recipes around the web, so they can organize and store those and then use those to create their own custom meal plans. Um, The other thing that's really cool about it is we have a lot of different food creators and food bloggers on the platform that have already created meal plans. And so if you subscribe to the Prepare Gold subscription, you get access to all of those meal plans and then you can customize them. So say like you do have a favorite food blogger who you really love like the majority of their recipes, but then like a couple times during the week you're like, well, actually I want to insert my own recipes or whatever, you can totally do that. Mm. And then it auto populates your grocery list based on your meal plan. And right now we're connected to Walmart. So you can actually just send it to your Walmart shopping cart and order the groceries right there. Um, we will be connecting to more grocery stores hopefully in the near future. Um, but it's really pretty slick. It's just all right. You can do it all right from your phone. You can do it from your computer on your desktop if you want. But, um, it's a great way to get a little bit more organized with your recipe and cooking life.
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And I'm over here, like it's a new app, right? And you're like, no, it's been, it's been four years. (laughs) And I'm just, (laughs) I didn't know about it. And I'm like, this is incredible. So I have like a meal planning notebook that I use because I'm just kind of a pen and paper person. But I will admit that I don't bring my notebook into the store with me mostly because, you know, Right now, in our world, we're a little bit more nervous about things like germs. And Mm -hmm. so I bring my phone in with me instead, and I've got my list on my phone. But I will inevitably forget something off of my list because I'm trying to transfer it from my notebook to the phone. So I can imagine that is so, so helpful to have that and to have that list ready to go because meal planning really does make such a difference in just making meals that much less stressful. And I love that you can mix and match the recipes. When you said that you can choose that meal plan, but you can add in a different recipe. I'm over here like, yes, that is what I've seen other apps that do similar type things before. um, But none of them are appealing to me because I like creating my own plans. And I definitely love, you know, I don't just cook my own recipes. I definitely love finding recipes from different food bloggers that I love Mm -hmm. and different websites that I love. But there are definitely recipes where I'm like, that's not going to fit into my life this week. So it's a great recipe and I love it, but I don't have enough time to make that or I have the ingredients for something else. So I love that you can add that in because I think that's where a lot of women get stuck too. If they're trying to live a healthier life and they're like, oh, I'm just going to follow this meal plan. They follow it for a week and then they're like, oh, that was too hard or it took up too much time or I wasted this food because I wasn't able to make that recipe. Mm -hmm. If you're able to mix and match it, then you you can make that work for your life. So- Yeah. We're
1: actually working on something right now that we're calling the smart plan. And basically it will create a customized meal plan for you automatically based on, um, the recipes that you like and use. Mm -hmm. So, um, that'll be a really cool thing that's coming. Um, hopefully by the end of 2020, just because like you said, it's hard to it's hard for someone who doesn't know you to write a meal plan and have it work for your life.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds like such a cool feature. <laughs> Sign me up for yeah. that. That sounds so yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, our preferences definitely change season to season, um, but we definitely have meals that are our favorites. And I have a family favorites list that I often go off of and kind of pick our most of our meals from there and then add in some new recipes. So it sounds like that just kind of simplifies that whole process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have any kind of last advice when it comes to – I guess maybe planning and preparing meals for super healthy kids when it comes to, you know, throughout the week, whether it be breakfast, lunch, or dinner time. Yeah, so I guess kind of just going back to the basic
1: things that I believe in, and that's create a system for yourself. So whether that's, um, you know, you decide we're gonna eat these meals on these days, or it's just like, okay, When we pack a lunch, we need these four things a protein, a grain of fruit, and a vegetable. And those are the making sure you've bought the groceries that facilitate that kind of system. Whatever it is that will work for your family, create a very simple system and start implementing that with your kids. No matter their ages, if you have a two year old or a 10 year old, it doesn't matter. You can start implementing systems at whatever level you're ready for. Um, and I know, I remember like when my kids were really, really little and I had like a baby and a toddler and then a kid, like it feels so chaotic. Mm. And so sometimes it feels like, Oh, I can't like, I can just barely just feed them, you know? (laughs) But if you can take a minute and just implement some sort of system it really does help it make like just feel a little bit less chaotic. And especially when it comes to lunch packing, that's kind of what we've been talking about a lot on this podcast is having some things prepared ahead of time so that in the morning your kids can actually be helpful no matter what their age, because they know what to do just because you've done that little bit of prep. Like they know where to grab the bread or they know where their lunchbox is or the container, you know, the thermos to put soup in or whatever. If you've created that ahead of time and just showed them it doesn't take long, then it really will. It'll help you. It'll help them. It'll help the whole household run smoothly.
0: Yeah. Oh, it just made me think of mommy confession right now. Yesterday, my daughter asked me if she could make her lunch for camp And because I hadn't had anything kind of prepped and ready, I was like, no, 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 I'll just do it. And I was like, "Now I'm like, you know what, what a good opportunity. She knows where all the lunch stuff is. She knows where her lunchbox is. She knows where the little containers we use are. If I just had a couple of things ready in the fridge and I wasn't afraid that she was going to go in the fridge and like, pull things out and everything was going to fall on top of her. Cause that is honestly the state of our fridge right now. <laughs> I like it to be more organized, but, uh, for right now it's not um, totally. doing some, um, recipe testing. So it's kind of in a, in disarray right now. So I love that having those things ready for them. So, and having that system. So I can tell her, yeah, of course you can go make yourself lunch last week. She did make herself lunch for, um, a camp, which is where we're at right now. Cause we're recording this in the summertime and I went over to kind of check on it. I'm like, do you want another snack? And she's like, she already had some, she had some carrots in there, some sort of a fruit. Um, I think she had made herself like a little sandwich with some deli meat. So she had all of those components. I'm like, do you want another snack or something in here? Cause there's another compartment. It's kind of a bento box style. And she's like, you know, I think I'd like some tomatoes in there. I'm like, (laughs) okay, not, you know, pretzels or, (laughs) you know, crackers, but I think I'd like some tomatoes. I'm like, absolutely okay. kiddo great. you can absolutely have some tomatoes so we put some grape tomatoes in there and she was good to go so yeah i love that you know prepping ahead can really can really facilitate that and then
1: also not being afraid to let your kids fail mm-hmm. because the more involved they get they're going to do things that you probably wouldn't do or that you maybe think is not a great idea or you know you're like oh well that's not enough food or that's too much food they're they're going to do things you don't like But that's part of their learning process. And if we don't allow them to do that, they're never going to get to a point where they are independent because they'll always be like this voice in their head, like, oh, well, would my mom approve? Well, is this okay? Am I doing this wrong? You know? Whereas if you just let them fail in your mind, whatever that looks like, then they're going to learn on their own because if they don't pack enough and they feel hungry, they, that will teach them a hundred times more than you saying, oh, you probably didn't pack enough food, you know? Mm. So letting them learn themselves and have some food failures and it's, they'll be fine and they'll be better for it.
0: Yeah. And what a good just life lesson in general for our kids too, you know, letting them fail a little bit so that they can become more independent humans, independent adults, I guess.
1: Yeah. Like you teach them, And then you set them free Mm -hmm. and they a hundred percent will make mistakes and you just got to get to a place where you can be okay with that. And I think it's hard. I think it's hard as parents watching your kids make these mistakes, knowing that in like in your mind, well, I can help, I can help prevent that mistake from happening, but that's not the point of raising kids, right? Mm -hmm. The point is you're just teaching and guiding them. You're not doing everything for them. Like I think that's the worst thing we can do is do everything for them because they get to be adults and
0: they can't function in life. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100% with you on that. Oh, so, so good. So can you just share with us kind of what's in store for super healthy kids? And I guess you already shared a little insight into what's what's coming up for prepare um, and how my listeners can best connect with you.
1: Yeah. So, um, something I've thought about doing for a long time and I'm just now really getting pumped up to do is I'm going to start doing some mini nutrition, um, classes just Mm -hmm. online for kids. Um, I feel like there's not a lot of great resources through school to teach kids nutrition. Mm -hmm. Kids get like very little nutrition education. And so it's something I'm going to be starting with super healthy kids. Um, Just these little bite-sized nutrition classes to teach them some really basic good nutrition though. And so parents can use it like as part of their homeschooling or just um, as supplemental to whatever other regular school they're using. So that's
0: something I'm excited about that I'll be starting this fall. Oh my gosh. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I'm like smiling over here because I actually had a woman in my membership. I have a little membership program and asked me, I want to say it like a month and a half or so ago. She's like, do you know any good resources for kids nutrition? And I'm like, honestly, I, I don't, we just kind of teach our kids. And so now I'm excited. I have someone to refer her to. I think that's (laughs) so good. Cause I I do believe that kids do not get enough nutrition education in school.
1: Yeah. If, if, they just go through school and then leave the home and they haven't been taught at home. They really, I mean, we're not setting them up for success. Mm -hmm. They'll know how to read and write and do math, but nutrition is a huge part of life. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to start this. Um, And I'm going to be offering that they'll be on YouTube videos, but then also, um, IGTV and, um, probably on the blog. So I'm pretty much, if, if your readers want to connect with me, you can reach me anywhere. Um, I'm on Instagram most, I love Instagram stories. Um, but our website is just www.superhealthykids.com. And
0: on Instagram, we're at super healthy kids. And your Instagram is just so beautiful and so many good tips. And I think there are a lot of Instagram accounts out there that are really beautiful, but I like the ones that also have some really good practical tips as well. So I think yours is, yours is definitely one of them. Oh, awesome. Thank you. So I have three final sort of rapid fire questions that I love to ask. You can take as long as you want with them. Um, but because I love sharing food in a way that is joyful and also balanced, I love to ask, what is your favorite thing to cook? So
1: it kind of changes for me, but right now I've really been loving experimenting with sourdough mm. and making different sourdough breads and sourdough pancake and just some of the more natural yeast baking. Uh, it's been really fun to
0: try. That's so fun. I actually learned how to make sourdough during kind of our time of quarantine as yeah. well. Yeah, so I fun. think a
1: lot of people have. It's really it, it's a fun thing to do because it does take some time. So when you're home, it's a great thing to experiment with. Yes,
0: yeah, and my daughters love watching me make it as well and kind of being a part of the process. My little one loves to poke the bubbles that pop up when oh, the dough. <laughs> that's awesome. So, what is your favorite thing then to order or eat if you happen to be going out to a restaurant?
1: Um, so my husband and I love Thai food. Mm. I love curries and just all of that like really yummy Thai flavored food.
0: So good. I love Thai food too. (laughs) So my last question, because we talk a lot here, it is the healthy balance mama podcast about finding your beautiful balance when it comes to food and life. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you?
1: So I, um, I've been thinking about this and it's interesting since, um, you know, this year of 2020 and, COVID started and we were quarantined and something that has really impacted me is kind of balance is to me removing all of the extra because I think we live in a world where it's the popular thing is like to multitask and to fill your schedule as full as possible and do and do as much as you can, right? Um, But I think a lot of times when we do that, we're only we're not giving our best to any one thing we're giving like mediocre to maybe 10 things. And so something that has really become a part of my life, that's not only more satisfying, but more balanced is just doing a few things really well and focusing your time and energy on much fewer things that are maybe more important.
0: Oh my gosh. What a great way to end things. I'm so with you on that. This, oh my gosh. I know that we had so much, I think, taken away from us. I think it felt like in the very beginning. And so many of us are realizing that we don't need to add a lot of that stuff back in and that we yeah. can- on those really important things. So I appreciate that sentiment so much. Yeah. Well, thank you, Natalie, so much for being on. This was a fantastic conversation. So much good practical advice for the moms listening. I know that they are going to take away so many things. So thank you so much for giving us your time and for the work that you do.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was so great to connect. And I just love, love, I love connecting with moms
0: and talking about kids and parenting. So this was really, really fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation.